Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Whether it's the Mar-a-Lago raid or... The unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call, it was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horseface Daniels extortion plot. They're all sick, and it's fake news. Hey everybody, welcome into an all new episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Saveri. On the program today, you heard the man at the top of the show. The continued wait for the potential indictment of the former president of the United States, Donald John Trump, is still ongoing as of this taping. Nick and I on the potential indictment and what this all means, what you need to know about the case itself. A lot of people don't even know about the case itself out there in Manhattan. Plus, in our final segment, we're bringing it back, Nick. Five uninterrupted minutes each. Can I talk in our final segment? Nick gets to go nuts on the L.A. school strike. And I've got some wokeness on my mind. More on that in our next segment. Uh, Some housekeeping notes before we get started here. Nick and I say hello to my co-host, who once upon a time lived in a similar dorm where I lived on the campus of Rutgers University. Uh, Ask the experts. Speaking of Another Jersey kid, Ask the Experts, is part of Leon Media Network, joined four-time Emmy-nominated boxing producer and announcer Kern Batia. He has the biggest names in boxing and MMA on the Ask the Experts podcast, interviews with Triple G, Ariel Hawani, Dan Raphael, Canelo Alvarez, Deontay Wilder, anybody you can think of that's a big name in boxing and MMA, you don't want to miss the episodes of the Ask the Experts podcast. You can listen to it wherever you get your pods or over on leonmedianetwork.com. Shout out to Curran, now a part of the family and the Leon Media Network brand. We continue to grow, Nick. Uh, another man, another Jersey guy there. So check out Curran's work, a former NBC Sports ring announcer, does some stuff now on Fight TV, and obviously his podcast, Ask the Experts, is a part of the family. Uh, Nick, what's going on? What's going on your way? We, we, you and I have been sitting here waiting 
interest of full disclosure for everybody, we had a bet going on about this months ago. We're going to bring it over here now about the former President Trump, because we've had a couple of legal analysts on talking about the legal troubles of the former president before we get into our first segment. And you and I have been taking bets on this. Like, I still think nothing is going to happen to him. I still think that, and we'll get into my take in a second, I think this thing is not going to lead out to anything, even though somebody already went to jail for this action. We'll get into that when we dissect everything you need to know about the case. But we've been texting about this. This is almost like I've never seen this before, the buildup for all of this. And it's it's going to be, in essence, a nothing burger, not necessarily a nothing burger of a former president getting arrested. We're not going to get the theatrics that come with all that. I sent you the uh, the meme of Johnny Sack and the Sopranos getting arrested by the FBI. It's not going to be. It's not going to even be like that. It's going to be way less. But how are you doing as we sit here and wait for this uh, potential indictment of the former president? I'm good. Uh, you know, of course I, and we're going to talk about this obviously in a minute about you know what is the actual legal trouble. It is hard to to ignore though that you know in comparison to this. You know, the amount of legal trouble or police action that you could get for, say, like robbing a bodega, right, which you shouldn't do, obviously, and shout out to the Bronx, would get you probably a lot more physically upfront with the cops than what the former president did. And that's just a glaring indictment of our legal system, right? Like the higher in the white collar of the crime, the less the cops have to get handsy with you. So we'll see. And yeah, as I've said, I. You know, I've joked that I, I need to see his butt in a cell, even if it's overnight, because if it's even overnight, it proves my point that something happened and you owe me at least a dinner or something in Miami when I eventually get down there. I mean, we've all been overnight in a cell for <laughs> maybe some of us. Haven't, who, but who has it? Right. Who has it? Right. Fair enough. Um, no, we're good for anyone listening to the show or watching, mostly listening right now in the way I sound. Obviously, coming over a little bit of a cold. We've had something run through the house. Folks, if you have kids, this is our reality, especially in a post-pandemic time where less masks are worn and we're just getting sick again. That's just how that works. So, yeah, we're all just recuperating. My my three-year-old's kind of going through another bout of a fever. She's fine, but um, it just stinks. You hate to see your kids sick and under the weather. So, um, yeah, the last couple of days have been just tough. I actually took a sick day, which I hardly ever do. Yesterday, and actually, as I'm talking about, I want to commend my uh, commend my my boss and my friend who, you know, I showed up briefly for a meeting because I had a couple of questions to get answered, and she shut me down. She's like, what, "What's your question? Because you got to get off this thing. You took you took PTO. You need to take some time off." Uh, and I got whatever I needed, and then she just shut it down. I spent the rest of the day, you know, taking care of my kid, but also taking care of myself. So I'm just downing orange juice and you know popping Tylenol Advil like uh, like any good person getting over a cold. So we're but we're good though. How about you? I'm good, man. Same old, same old. Sorry to, that something's going through your house. I mean, I know that feeling. Any Again, anybody with kids out there that's listening to this, it, it there's nothing worse than seeing your kids sick. We've mentioned that a bunch. But there's nothing maybe even more worse than waiting for you to get sick because you know you're going to get some variation of it. And you're just like, when's it coming already? Like, And then all of a sudden you sneeze and you're like, all right, here we go. Here we go. And if, <laughs> if you don't get it right away, it's like, what is going on here? Um, let's get into our first segment, though. I, I'm good other than what is playing out right now in the world of news and politics. And if you don't know uh, what's happening, well, w- first, what are you doing? You need to pay attention to some of this. But the former president of the United States, the 45th president, Donald John Trump, 
has mentioned on his true social platform that he was going to be indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. You mentioned this last week on the social media platform for, again, hush money payments that went to former porn star uh, Stormy Daniels, who had an alleged affair with the president back in 2016. I think this was when the payments were actually made. Michael Cohen, the former lawyer for President Trump, uh, and now is a key prosecution witness in the grand jury. We're going to explain what all that means in a second. But he was the one that actually served prison time because the way they allocated the funds for uh, Stormy Daniels, former adult film star, as my co-host likes to say, and he's laughing in the background there. You can unmute yourself and laugh on on the Zoom here with all of us. <laughs> if you said poor, I'm like, come on, man, adult film star. Put some respect on their name. But- yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> So, well, funny enough, it's it, seeing the way her job title has been portrayed over just just right now. I'm on Politico, MSNBC and AP News, and all three of them have a different variation of porn star, porn actress, you know, adult film star. I mean, like, who knows? Who cares? Um, to be honest with you, at least who cares in Mike Leon's opinion? So if you want a quick explainer, actually, this is a perfect segue. Take a listen to some of the case and the charges that are potentially coming, what the former president said. Take a listen to this explainer. Major new developments involving former President Donald J. Trump. Trump saying today he expects to be arrested on Tuesday and is calling for protests. He made the announcement today on his social media post, lashing out at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which has invited him to testify before a grand jury. The arrest would be part of their investigation into alleged hush money payments to Stormy Daniels during the 2016 election. Again, if there is an arrest, that's according to Trump. Trump also called for protests over his pending arrest to, quote, take our nation back. The last part we're going to get into about the take our nation back because that was made, uh, you know, a lot, a big deal. I mean, if you've ever watched Law and Order and you see somebody who, you know, kind of flaunts this, uh, this line of free speech, they had one famous episode where somebody who portrayed Alex Jones had said something and then somebody committed a crime off of it. That person got arrested and then the legal process plays out and that person ends up getting off. We're going to get into that in just a second. But um, what they mentioned there in that clip, And why it's relevant now to the case overall is because the district attorney, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan, uh, his team is looking at whether the former president or anyone committed crimes in arranging these payments or in the way they accounted for them internally at the Trump organization. So that's what's at the root of all of this. Right. Former President Trump uh, lawyer Michael Cohen said he paid porn actress, porn star, whatever you say, if you've watched her films, Stormy Daniels, $130,000 through a shell company that Cohen set up. He was then reimbursed by the former president as the company logged the reimbursements as legal expenses. That is the crime part of this. So again, crime is intent, the former president knowing, and then the payments going through as something that they actually are not. This was not going to legal payments. It was going to hush money uh, in terms of the affair, the extramarital affair that he had. So the Trump company uh, and the Trump org, they grossed up Cohen's reimbursement for the payments for tax purposes. I'm using air quotes here, according to the article on AP News. 
and the federal prosecutors who filed criminal charges against the lawyer. This all happened in 2018, right? Cohen got about $420,000, by the way, from all of this. Uh, and he pleaded guilty to violating federal campaign finance law in connection with the payments. That is the issue right now. Cohen is saying and has maintained that the former president advised him to do this. He did all of this with his knowing. And one of the funny things right now about all of this is the former president's current lawyer, say that five times fast, Joe Takapina, he was on uh, a CNN segment back in 2018 when the Michael Cohen arrest happened. He happens to know Michael Cohen. Obviously, a lot of people in the legal community are friendly with Michael Cohen, just like our Ellie Honig is. Um, so he's on a CNN segment and they're talking about this specific issue, the payments made to Stormy Daniels and whether or not that needs to be investigated and what laws it actually does violate. And if the former president could ever be brought into this, remember, this is the current lawyer for Donald John Trump. Take a listen to this. Once that net is out, once the microscope is on you, everything is fair game. And it's hard to argue, oh, you can't look at this or you can't look at that. So yes, if there's an issue with, with that payment to Stormy Daniels being that it was made on behalf of the candidate, okay, and it was not declared, that's fair game, unfortunately, um, if, if that's the case. And, you know, I'm quite frankly, you know, Michael Cohen, again, um, has made statements that would give rise to suspicion for any prosecutor to say, that doesn't make sense that a lawyer took out a home equity loan with his own money, paid somebody that he didn't even know on behalf of a client who, by the way, had the wherewithal and the money to afford $130,000, yeah. and by the way, didn't tell the client about the settlement agreement. It's an illegal agreement, it's a fraud, um, if that's in fact the case. So again, current lawyer for the former president of the United States back in 2018, talking about the specifics of this case as, as it related to Michael Cohen and his charges that he was facing. Now, the big question that's being asked right now is, is Trump definitely going to be indicted? The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has brought numerous witnesses before this grand jury. A lot of testimony has been heard, and they've offered the former president a chance to go before the, the grand jury. And to a lot of people in the legal community, that's an indication that the office will probably seek to indict him. And it's possible for a grand jury to vote against charging him. There has been, I've heard legal analysts maintain this across the media sphere that, you know, most of the time, 99% of the time, this leads to an indictment. There is that small 1% chance, but grand juries are rarely declined to indict. And this, according to Politico, if the district attorney's office thought they were in danger of the grand jury voting no, prosecutors likely would have paused the proceedings. So basically, again, grand jury to bring the potential charges. And now we just sit and wait to see what happens with all of this playing out. All right, Nick, I gave kind of a 30,000 overview, 30,000 foot overview there of everything that's happening surrounding the case, what predates it, the person who went to jail for this, um, everything in conjunction with this. And again, at the root of it is proving whether or not former president uh, Trump knew about the payments and the way they were allocated to Michael Cohen to get redirected to Stormy Daniels, which is at the center of this crime, played the clip of his current lawyer, a former analyst on television, saying that it needs to be investigated and that this is a fraud. What do you make of this whole thing? And then I want to get into former President Trump's candidacy for 2024. But what do you make of the potential indictment coming down soon? Well, the first thing that's funny to me is think about think about the newsworthiness of this. So all we know is that a post on 
Trump social media service, right? True social. He says that he in, he is hearing, or he said that he was sure of, that he's going to be indicted on Tuesday, that he's going to be brought to yeah you know, brought to prison, and you know we need to take our nation back and all this stuff. So think of for a minute of how much ink, you know, both paper wise, but also digitally, was made of that. There's no verification from the district attorney's office in New York about this, right? There's talk that, I mean, and they can only say so much, right? Like, I don't know many cases where, you know, a DA is coming forward and saying, yeah, we're going to lock them up on whatever day. This is Trump saying this, and he uses this as a way of saying, hey, I'm going to get in real trouble here. I need you all to show up, which if you're paying attention is exactly what he did on January 6th or yeah, it's the same thing on January 6th. This is what he does. He just sows seeds of dissent. And the funny part is we all, myself included, took him seriously. And, you know, I'm on on Twitter. I'm seeing all the memes of people celebrating him in the cuffs and blah, blah, blah. You and I were joking over the weekend about whether or not one of us is going to get paid off in this bet. And when you sit and, un- and peel back the layers, at the end of the day, a person who's been proven to be a pathological liar once again uttered something that we took to be fact. Why? At this point, Donald Trump is such a liar that if he says the sky is blue, I want a second opinion. You know, like this, that's the kind of person he is. But we all took it seriously. That's the stunning thing. And then not just us on this show, but also just all over the media landscape. People ran with this as this is a viable thing. And we have we have no idea. You know, the, the interesting part about this is that for everything that's coming on, and by the way, the state of Georgia is also talking now about potential racketeering charges, you know, what they're exploring. They're not saying the president being guilty, but what they're saying is what the charge could be, which I guess from a legal standpoint, you can talk about. But all these things are sort of like coming up. And when we talked about, you know, a porn star or an adult film actress, semantics here, right? And if that's really what gets him in trouble, the analogy I draw here is Al Capone and taxes, Right. Notorious gangster, nothing can touch this person. The guy's Rasputin. And yet, tax evasion is what got him in trouble. Because at the end of the day, it's always the crime that is small but indisputable that gets you caught. And everything else, and this is an indictment on you know, perhaps our legal system, and we've had Ellie Honig from CNN talk about this too, and you know, the Justice Department. There's so many what seems to be so many different ways to entrap this person and bring him to justice, but we just haven't found any. Um, because he's managed to with lawyers and he's basically danced around actual committing of the crime. And the only things we know for certain is a phone call in Georgia, which is the root of their case. And in this case, a payment is made to a lawyer, which is then flipped to a woman, an amount at one hundred thirty thousand, which the former president clearly has. So why why do that? And at the end of the day, as the clip you played indicated at the time, he was a candidate. So now you're talking about campaign finance. So this is part of what gets him in a level of trouble. But I'm just stunned at how we all ran with him saying something essentially nonsensical. There was no proof. You know, I don't remember anyone running to the DA's office and saying, can you verify if you're going to slap the cuffs on him on Tuesday? Because I can't even tell you if they are. And it was wild to see people then really indignant saying, well, why does Trump get this much lead time to announce when he's going to jail? And we're like, we're all giving a liar the a pass as though what he's saying is factual 
when we've seen throughout his presidency and the lead up to it, that this is not a credible person. Like you've talked on the show before about, you know, on this show, we, we don't bring on unserious people. That, that's a person who I would consider unserious. We clearly wouldn't talk to him. So why in the world did we all get, I don't know if I would say excited, but we certainly paid a hell of a lot of attention to the ravings of a just a, a lunatic that just puts forward a day you know, on, on March 21st that something's going to happen. That's a little like someone saying, well, the earth is going to end in 2012, right? Like the Mayan prophecy. Like, yeah. yes, there was you know, some stuff written way back when, but there's no fact behind it. And then people actually believed it or, or Y2K. Yeah, it's, it's like the Parks and Rec episode with with that uh, those folks that keep having every year that the, the, the world's going to end. You know, I wanted to ask you one quick question on this because my wife and I were having this conversation um, before I, I mentioned it, though. Um, House Republicans, of course, getting back to unserious people, Representative Jim Jordan, Representative James Comer from Kentucky. Those two are 100 percent unserious people. Uh, they are chairs of the Judiciary Oversight and Administration Committees which is way beyond where they should be chairs of. Um, again, I want to have sensible Republicans on chairs. That's fine. Those two are not. But also Brian Steele from Wisconsin, they fired off a letter to the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, uh, accusing him of actions that will erode confidence in the ever-handed application of justice and the unalterable interfere in the course of the 2024 presidential election if Donald John Trump is indicted. However, these guys continue to have hearings about the current president, President Biden, and his current son, well, always will be his son, Hunter Biden. So talking about nonsense, right? Here they are still investigating things into a private citizen that the American people don't care about. We want you to get back to policy and figuring out how it will help your districts in Ohio, Kentucky, and Wisconsin, respectively. They continue their charade there on that. Um, I wanted to mention that at the onset because that is another part of this, right? Like whatever happens with this indictment, similar to what you saw with um, the, the Mar-a-Lago search by the FBI and everything that was retrieved there in terms of the classified documents. Again, just an execution of a warrant because NARA didn't get back the documents that the former president had that he shouldn't have. Uh, and now you have House Republicans kind of going to bat for him. But wait, before before we get to your last point, because it, it may it may intersect with this. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you feel, uh, I know how I feel. I don't feel like it's a lot. But do you feel like there's a lot of news just around the former president? Or do you feel like, well, yeah, because he's done illegal things. So that's why there's a lot of news. And the reason I ask that is because we all know people in this space that are not they have no media judgment. They have new, no news judgment, excuse me, not media judgment, no news judgment. They don't understand news. They take something that they see. It could be on social media. It could be from an unverified source. It could be from a reputable source, but they don't understand it. They don't uh, download it, process it, reading comprehension. They take maybe a fact or commonality and misplace the entire context of the story and then they say that back to other people. And it's a game of telephone. Now it spreads like wildfire. And in the clip we played at the top of the show with the former president, there's a bunch of buzzwords that he said there, right? Fake news. He hits on his nicknames, right? With the, uh, with the committee, the unselect committee. He's always got his little nicknames in the bag. And the problem is you and I both know, and there's, I'm sure there's people that listen to this program that know. I've texted you pictures of our followers that we get on this show. And thank you for listening. But 
there's folks out there that are going to be like, here we go again, Russia collusion hoax. Here we go again with another prosecution of, of the former president, right? Or persecution of the former president as they continue to persecute the current president and his son. So funny that they do that. But do you think that there's a pile on here or when there's smoke, there's fire? Because we, I think you and I are both on the same page. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, we got the phone call in Georgia, right? That's a clear crime. Like whether or not you interpret, find me 11,600, whatever votes as him just asking him to find more votes, there aren't any more votes. So what am I, what, so what are you asking me to do here? You're implying that you want me to do something criminal or the classified document stuff. There's precedent, there's precedent for other people going to jail or being stripped of whatever access they have to classified docs uh, throughout this country. And then, like Pete Lapp said, the former FBI agent that's been on this program, there is espionage and there's espionage related, right? So one, espionage, you're selling the secrets to our enemies. Espionage related, uh, I forgot and I showed it to my wife by accident one day. That's a slap on the wrist. So do you think we're piling on here, Nick? Or is the former president, we're not piling on. This is him. This is him doing these things. And trying to be above the law, like Rex Tillerson, his former secretary of state, said when he started in office and the former president asked him to do something. And he goes, that's illegal. We can't do that. And he said, I'm the former president, to paraphrase. Do we think we, we're piling on here or we're just a victim of the 24-7 news cycle and the former president is a lot to blame for all of this? I don't necessarily think it's, well, I think it's piling on in the sense that I think the enthusiasm that we have to see this person in jail feels a little like when you take any of the the um the villains of Game of Thrones, where you really want to see their comeuppance, right? Because this is a despicable human being. Um, and I'm just saying that it's not even a political thing. Just I mean, just the things he has said that I I find offensive, and I found him to be an incompetent president. Um, and overall, just a terrible person historically. So. I think this glee that people are having of him, you know, get ending up behind bars. I think there is a a yearning for for justice. And the question is that if all that he's been going to be proven guilty of because the Georgia thing, I agree with you. I think that that I mean, that's that's a legitimate phone call. And that's a request. And I don't I don't know what kind of defense you're going to offer for that, but they'll come up with something. But if in the end, what we're talking about is a person who mishandled or deliberately handled campaign funds to buy someone off. That in of itself is a crime. And if that's what's proven, if this grand jury feels that there's enough evidence and they move forward, then whatever happens, happens. That's the legal system. So I think the piling on is the is the unnecessary glee that we all have, just to, to watch essentially a villain get, get his. Um, where I think this gets out of control is is the endless conversation about this. I understand the historical press precedent of a former president, you know, having so much legal, you know, trouble at the same time. You know, we have so many, and this is, this is a simplified explanation here, but this is not the biggest priority right now. I mean, we have still a problem with mass shootings. We are still in the midst of a presidential administration. That's just trying to figure out, how to handle a debt situation, how to situate, deal with a banking regulation matter. I mean, if, you, if you're asking me what's the more serious thing I'm concerned about, it's potentially a bank crisis because what we just saw with Silicon Valley Bank 
you know, and praise to you know, praise to the White House and others, you know, for being able to try to nip that in the bud. And we'll see if that has a lasting effect. Although, you know, Credit Suisse is being bought up by UBS, right? Like that's a that's a pretty big deal in Europe. That's the bigger deal. So we're all paying a lot of attention to essentially a wrestling heel that we're all just wanting to see get his. You know, I did want to add that what you know Rep- Representative Jordan and others have said about sending a letter to the DA's office. What I find preposterous about that is there's nothing that the Manhattan DA's office has done, or the state of Georgia for that matter, that would really be would be a violation of this person's constitutional rights. You know, 10th Amendment of the Constitution reads that powers not delegated to the U.S. by the Constitution or prohibited by the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So essentially, if amendments one through nine have not been messed with, then the 10th Amendment is, is basically saying the states get to handle their own stuff. And that's essentially what's happening in the city of New York, the state of New York and the state of Georgia. So I'm not sure what what Jim Jordan and his cohorts are talking about. And I do find it interesting that Republicans seem to wield their view of federalism very selectively in moments like this. It's, well, the federal government feels like this is wrong. We should step in. You're not allowed to do this as a state. Stop it. But then in matters of personal freedom, like say, oh, I don't know, banning books, for example, it's, well, the states have the right to do it and we should you know, stay out of it. So which one is it? Um, and again, Jim George is not a credible person either. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think there is a certain level of piling on. And I'm, I, I think it makes sense for all of us to dial down the hype, focus on what criminal, what criminal actions have happened. As far as the Russia hoax, the Mueller report tells us everything. I mean, in the end, you know, Robert Mueller said, listen, you know, it's not my job to identify a president like that's Congress. And he was right. And the report spoke to it. And what Bill Barr really overly simplified, which was not correct, which was not accurate, says the same thing. So I think we could all so you've turned me into giving a public service announcement, Mike, and I will focus on the facts, people. It's what we do on this show. Whether you like the president or former president or you don't or you like the president, all we know is that this person is currently about to face a grand jury and is what he did in the eyes of 12 people. I think it's 12 people. I forget how many are on grand jury. They're going to decide. And does the grand jury of New York run the risk of potential looking at all this and saying, you know what? It's enough to say he's guilty. Yeah. And rightfully, a, a defense attorney should look at that and say, is there really enough here? So I would say we, know, we need to dial it back and, and look at, at the crime itself. Well, luckily, we're going to have a defense, a criminal defense attorney coming on in a coming episode. Uh, by the way, the grand jury is a 23 person grand jury, but an indictment requires 12 or more jurors to vote yes on that. So we continue to wait again as of this taping. The former president has not been indicted indicted, excuse me. I'm with Nick. Uh, There should be no celebrating in this, right? Um, We know in 2015, going into 2016, that there were other viable Republican candidates that should have won the nomination. And we also know that there was uh, some viable Democratic candidates as well that potentially should have been president. I'm not a big Hillary Clinton fan myself, but Hillary mentioned a lot of this, right? These are some of the things that her campaign outlined about where we would be as a country If Donald Trump was president of the United States, here we are now, and the former president is potentially going to be indicted in a Manhattan court. We wait to see what happens with that. We'll cover that if that comes down in our next episode, may even live stream. So go follow us on YouTube. Can we please talk podcast? Hit the subscribe button. Nick and I will probably do a live stream in real time. When this news comes down, when we come back after the break, our final segment, Can I Talk is back. 
Nick on the LA school board strike, and me on, let's stop using buzzwords, folks. More on that when we come back after the break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Nick, today's episode is presented as always by our friends over at Fresh Roasted Coffee. Since 2009, their passion has always been bringing you gourmet coffees from all over the world, roasted fresh to order. I got my coffee snob here, Nick Saveri. Nick, tell these people, coffee snob it up here. Tell these people why Fresh Roasted Coffee is so good and why they're the official sponsor of Can We Please Talk? You know, often the best cup of coffee that you're ever going to have is the one you can you can make from home. And you need good quality coffee to do that. And that's what Fresh Roasted Coffee offers. You know, between single origin, between blends, flavors, anything on the coffee spectrum they've got. But more importantly, and I can't stress this enough, often when you purchase coffee, you don't know where to start. I mean, there's so many different varieties, so many different opportunities, so many different things you can choose from. And Fresh Roasted Coffee just gives you a very simple questionnaire and just says, hey, figure out what your cup, what your coffee cup is. Figure out what blend works for you. I've gotten some single origin recommendations, so is Mike, and that's influenced everything. And what they recommend, you can get in a Keurig cup, the way Mike takes it. You can take it in the way I do it, which is typically through a French press, or you can get it for a percolator. Whatever coffee machine you've got, they've got you covered. But more importantly, just a huge variety and a way to learn more about coffee itself. No, that's very well said. And all of this is available at freshroastedcoffee.com on their site. One cup is all it takes to fall in love with fresh roasted coffee but you get a discount for being a listener of can we please talk all you got to do is enter in the promo code can we get 20 at checkout to get 20 percent off your first purchase head to freshroastedcoffee.com today all right nick can i talk can i talk is back segment where you and i get five unfettered minutes is unfettered the word oh, who knows five minutes to gallivant say whatever it is is on your mind about a topic making headlines out there now before nick goes uh nick i know you're going to talk about 
the school strike that is happening in LA right now as of this taping. Over the next couple of days, the second largest school district in America is under strike. And let's play a clip at the top talking about everything that's happening in LA. If you haven't heard about what is happening out there with the school district and the strike, take a listen to this. Today, hundreds of thousands of students are unable to attend classes because of a three-day strike in the second largest school district in the country. Support staff are leading this strike in Los Angeles, 35,000 teachers joining them in solidarity. The workers say that their salaries are so low that many are at risk of living on the streets. All right, Nick, five minutes. Explain to us this strike and what we need to know about it. Yeah, so first, the, the most important headline is that this is involving the the service service employees international union seiu you know which is a local 99 in los angeles and they represent traditional service employees such as custodians cafeteria workers bus drivers special education assistants so what they're essentially striking for is a better wage they're also being supported by the teachers union of the los angeles united school district you know where where this gets tricky is because on the face value you can imagine sure you know employees want better pay course they do you know los angeles as a school district brings up that they're currently operating with uh, they're currently operating with a budget of 14.8 billion dollars yes it's a lot of money but that's also one of the largest school districts in the country and the question that comes up is financially will that allow them to be sustainable in the sense that a couple of factors to consider one is enrollment of students is declining that's per superintendent of schools of LAUSD. Los Angeles United School District. So according to Superintendent Car- Carvalho, uh, who used to be the superintendent in Miami-Dade County, so and he's only been on the job 13 months, but in what he's found so far is with an operating budget, they're trying to essentially keep this all together. So the strike right now is trying to essentially have SEIU be able to raise the wages of, uh, wages of employees. You know, one person, this is all from a story in NPR, and you know, one question that comes to me is, does the district or any place of business you know, have a responsibility to provide living wage? You know, as the clip talked about, uh, and one person who was quoted in the article, who's a special education assistant, um, you know, she attended a rally and she talked about the fact that she works multiple jobs, you know, in um, in home support services. She also does hair. She's got an online boutique and she's just trying to stay off the poverty line, um, hoping that a better wage in her job as a special education assistant allows her to release some of those other jobs so she can be able to spend more time with her family. And that makes sense. On the flip side, the question I'm going to ask, and this is not just true in education, this is for any profession. Is it the company, is it the company or organization's responsibility to pay you a wage that makes you feel financially stable? I don't know the answer on that. I'd like to think all citizens have the ability have the opportunity to achieve financial stability. But in this case here with lower wages, that certainly makes it hard. And that's just in general education. When you look at education budgets and, you, and I offer that you should, you do have to follow the money as Lester Freeman likes to say in the wire. And my first thought is when I started looking through the budget um, you know, for LAUSD is where is all the money going? And you know, part of the challenge is that you look at all the expenses that go into schools, everything but the payment for teachers and support staff. Where else is it going to? And I think that's where you have to look at the budget and say, where where can we make those changes? And that's probably where we're going to go. What's going to happen? I'll close with this. From a social standpoint, we are all, most of us, 
we're all one strike away from your day getting flipped upside down. If you have children, all it takes is bus drivers say, I'm not going to do it. Or service workers say, I'm not going to do it. And it all could come tumbling down. And you have to ask yourself as a voter, as an engaged citizen, what are your options? How do we better support people who all support students? I want to stress that. And where I live in eastern Pennsylvania, we had a bus driver shortage last year. So many times students were placed on different buses because we had just bus drivers not available. And they had to raise wages, raise wages to get more bus drivers. Since then, we've certainly, I have certainly received less phone calls about changes for buses. There have been progress by paying people more. You have people that are more willing to work. That's America. So when we try to make arguments like, well, you know, the budget is making it tough. I'm going to ask the superintendent, can you open the, open your books? <laughs> like I would say to any pro sports owner, can we look at the budget and see where the hell the money is going? But my take at the end of it is that this is just all fragile, folks. And it just takes just really labor in this country to remind you that the people who really do impact your life, when they stand up, we all need to listen. Very well said on all of that. And a good breakdown there, Nick. Great job by you there. Um, uh, we're going to follow more of that because that is a huge uh, issue and topic in terms of, you know, again, the second largest school district just striking. And some of the demands that they're asking for are not crazy. If you look at some of the demands, I encourage people to go check out more on that story. Okay. My topic on this has been making the social media rounds. And as I've done research on this, I find out that I'm about to roast one of my own, a Rutgers University graduate. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, conservative writer Bethany Mandel was recently on a program, The Hills Rising, and she was mentioning something to the effect about wokeness. And well, let's play the clip and then I'm going to react on the other side. Take a listen to this. Of Americans consider themselves very liberal, and probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when when well, we talk about traditional, you? Could, would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times, and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that um, I. This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to re -to totally reimagine and re re redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, sorry, I, it's, it's hard to explain in a 15-second soundbite. No, it's not, Bethany. It's hard to explain because there is no definition for it. That's the reason why it's hard to explain. It's not a real thing. You made it up. There is no such thing as wokeness. I want to turn your attention to a Medium article that came out a few years ago about conservative buzzwords and the guide for looking to conservative buzzwords. You heard at the beginning of this show, former president, say a bunch of different things that I'm sure you've heard people in your families or friends of yours bring up in conversation. Anytime Nick and I post content to our social media, and you can follow us across IG, TikTok, and Twitter at Can We Please Talk Podcast or on Twitter at Can We Please Talk, people will always hit us back with Russia collusion, fake news, all of these other buzzwords and phrases that people tend to speak on, or speak in, excuse me, because they've heard them somewhere. We all know where that somewhere is. 
It's in the ecosystem and the echo chamber of right-wing media. It's in the Fox News, Newsmax, OAN. It's on the Daily Wire. It's on Ben Shapiro or Steven Crowder, or it's on Ben Dominich, or it's on Candace Owens. And it's on all of these people that continue to traffic in nonsense that can't be explained because you made it up. That's why it can't be explained, Bethany Mandel, a former Rutgers graduate who graduated in 2008. And I can't believe that I shared the same diploma as somebody that believes in stupidity, like a word like woke to define something that has no definition. Woke does not mean whatever it means to you. You just made that up that you just made that up, Bethany, for the people out there that continue to use woke as a blanket that I use when I cover my three-year-old when she's sleeping. Stop doing that. Stop speaking in buzzwords and phrases. Learn how to speak and define things on your own intellect. Stop using buzzwords and phrases and stop being intellectually lazy. I'm sick of people out here like Bethany Mandel that are profiting off of this nonsensical hot garbage of making up these buzzwords and phrases and then taking them out in conversation and going on television and speaking about it. The first part of the problem is the guest bookers out there on these TV networks need to stop booking Bethany Mandel's of the world and these other folks that can't speak intelligently and articulate what it is they want to do. And they're speaking in buzzwords and phrases. You want to let the politicians do that? There's nothing you can do about that. Those folks are in office. Those folks know that they need to speak in buzzwords and phrases. Hell, we've had former staffers on this program. We know how the scripts are written. I worked at a former network and wrote some of these buzzwords into anchors teleprompters so they could read it on air. I know how it works. Stop speaking to me in the thing that I wrote for you to say. So please stop speaking in buzzwords and phrases and being intellectually lazy. Start thinking for yourself for yourself, excuse me, stop using the word woke to define anything that you don't understand or you think is weird or crazy or anything else that I haven't even thought of. Bethany Mandel, maybe the reason woke is undefinable is because you're an idiot. We leave it there. Uh, my thank yous to Nick Saveri for being on the show. <laughs> Why am I thanking you? You're my co-host. Uh, for our podcasts, audio podcast platforms, you know them by now, Apple, Spotify, Google, shout out to the folks at Good Pods that listen to us. Please subscribe. Give us a follow. Give us a five-star review or comment. If you've got a hot take on Bethany Mandel, you want us to read it on air, can we please talk podcast at gmail.com. Send us in that email. Let us know what you think or even what Nick mentioned on the LA School Strike video platform, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Type in the Can We Please Talk podcast. We should come right up. Hey, I typed in Can We Please Talk the other day in Google search. Nick, we were the first 20 things that came up. And again, Tevin Campbell was one of those things with his damn Can We Talk video. Good song, though. Uh, As always, I am Mike Leon. I'm Nick Saveri. Shout out to Mike for a well done uh, taking a part of complete foolish argument. Um, on my last note, I want to shout out the English Premier League for giving players who are observing Ramadan a moment to to when they break fast to get fluids. Much needed. Hope other leagues follow the same. Thank you all for listening. We'll see everybody next time.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.